If you're just joining with us here on our Everywhere Sunday, my name is Meredith and my husband Phil and I are the pastors of Cornerstone Church. And we are so thrilled to be having a conversation today around something that I think is a really critical and important topic for us to be leaning into. Maybe you've heard that there's new research and information coming out about the impact of the issue of social isolation and loneliness in individuals' lives. It's impacting absolutely every area of our country and of our culture. It's having impact in people's physical health and bodies, and it's having a massive impact on our mental health and our spiritual connectivity. And so we want to add our voice to that conversation and hopefully bring you some solutions today. So if you've ever felt lonely, if you've ever felt isolated, if you've ever had this experience of going, the circumstances in my life right now are making me feel disconnected from other people. Maybe you are at a stage of life where you're starting to see people around you move on into their eternity and now you're wondering who do I connect with anymore or maybe you're a stay-at-home parent who's going I love these kids but I don't know who the other adults in my life are anymore or maybe you feel like you have a lot of people around you but in your heart and in your soul that true deep connection you know that you're missing and you feel the feeling of loneliness then we have some incredible voices in this room I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the members of our team here who are all gathered here because they are incredibly good relationally and at connecting with other people and building not just connections, but meaningful relationships with people in their life. And they're also part of the team of people who as a church help you get connected to one another and help you walk through the tough seasons of your life. So let's lean into this conversation. But before we do, if you have someone who you think would benefit from it, share this with with them, text them the link, invite them to be part of it, and join in in the chat so you can be part of this conversation as well. Guys, I'm so excited and grateful for each and every one of you. As we kick off, you know, all of the people who are joining with us today don't know all of us. So I would love for us to just get started, go around and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and kind of what you're looking forward to in today's conversation. You can kick us off, Mark. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I'm Mark. Um, I serve on the pastoral care team. I've been a part of Cornerstone for several years, and uh, we just like to care for people. We connect in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, I'm a, a husband to one, yes. a father to three, <laughs> and have several grandchildren. Yeah. And uh, my wife and I are enjoying the empty nest, and it's just it's a great season. Yeah. Awesome. Lisa Chavers is my name, and I, I am a single sister, and I have been a part of Cornerstone Church since 1991, mm. and I wow. am honored to be a part of the pastoral care team at Cornerstone. I love meeting all kinds of people who represent all kinds of needs, and I love relying on the spirit of the living God mm -hmm. to give solutions and strategies yeah. that I would not have thought of naturally to help. I praise God for this season. It's a good season. It's a good season. My name is Tracy, and I am the director of ministries. I oversee a few different areas, and I just love connecting people to each other, to what God has for them. I've been part of the church going on 10 years this October, so almost a decade under my belt, and I'm married. I have three kids, one going to high school, and we're in that, yeah, one starting in high school, so it's a whole new season for us, and then I we have a, one in middle school and one in elementary, so we have a few 
different yeah. schools to drive through throughout this next year, but it's an exciting season for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I've been in the church for going on 11 or 12 years now, you know, that I moved to the States when we got married back in 2012 and have had different roles and different assignments over this time, but loving this season as well of, of serving as the lead pastor alongside my incredible wife. And Tell me have, more about her. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good one. And, uh, you know, we have three little boys, so that's the season that we're in. Tracy and Mike are a few years ahead of us yeah. in terms of, like, the parenting experience. And so everything that they're going through from sending kids off yes, to, yeah. you know, school and college and all of that, they get to make all the mistakes that we yeah, get to I learn know, they from. Keep, you guys keep asking me. And, yeah, yeah. And I was so like, what goes on with? I'm going to stop telling you. I'll just like, figure it out on your own. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But one thing that, uh, that you said earlier that was really interesting yeah. to me is this conversation around loneliness or isolation, mm. social isol isolation, is to me not just relevant for people that are feeling that themselves. Yes. That might be someone's reality. That might be anyone's reality today in this room and those that are joining here in this conversation. The reality is, in a broader sense, is that our communities at large yeah. are experiencing that. And so whether yeah. you are or not personally, yeah. the person next door to you probably is. Exactly. Right? And so that's just a reality that we have to come to terms to. People in our church are dealing with this, people yeah, exactly. in our neighborhood, people in our workplace, people across our community are experiencing this. And so what are we going to do about it? Because it has massive ramifications across society. I think you're exactly right. Even as I was, you know, we started and decided to have this conversation because we all kind of became aware of more and more like data coming out and research coming out that's going, hey, this is having a real serious impact. And so obviously as we're preparing for this conversation, I'm sitting down and reading it. And at a whole new level, I even personally just started going, man, like feeling that conviction of, am I really doing anything to to connect with people who might find themselves in some of these stages or, or be feeling the feeling of loneliness because it has, I think it's just what we're called to do, right? Is be neighbors to each other, but also it has really serious um, implications for that person's yeah. physical health. You're so many times more likely to end up in with things like heart disease and with cancer and all kinds of, you know, of these ailments that we see simply because you don't have good meaningful relationships in your life. Yeah, and, and I think we've only over the last couple of years begun to understand that social isolation and loneliness, yeah. that these might be an emotional experience, but it has physical implications in our body as well. And yeah. I remember realizing or learning for the first time that the feeling of loneliness is equivalent in terms of the toll that it takes on your body to smoking 15 yep. cigarettes per day. Wow. Per day. Wow. And, and we, for years, have known that yeah. smoking cigarettes is not good for your physical health. Yeah. But we don't often think about how loneliness is also impacting my physical health as well. Yeah. I remember something. Yeah. I remember on the pastoral care team having an assignment to make phone calls to, and I remember the number clearly, we had, I had 300 calls to make during COVID. Yeah. yeah. And I made every single one of them. Yeah. And the conversations about wellness or loneliness or feeling isolated, don't know what to do, uh, don't feel connected, I miss what used to be. But the calls came right on time. People were thirsty for yeah, contact, for to be connection. attached, to feel like they belonged again, feel as if someone noticed them and people cared. Yeah. Yeah. 
And isn't that interesting? Because part of what we're learning, or what I've been learning as I've been, you know, studying this more, is that so many of the feelings of loneliness and feelings of isolation were actually there in 2018, 2019. And I think going through that experience highlighted to us how deep they were. Because, like anything, when you go through a an intense season, a crisis season, a traumatic season of your life it either highlights to you how deep your relationships really are or highlights to you how, wow, I didn't really have a lot of the connection that that maybe I pretended that I had or that I got to get away with feeling like I had because I left my house every day for work or whatever those things were that all of a sudden were removed. But then on the other side of that, I think it's easy for us to feel like, oh, that's over now. People are back at work or kids are back in school or, and that's not happening, but that's, that's not what we're seeing as a reality. What we're seeing as a reality is that that impact is just increasing and people having that feeling. Yeah. I think it made us more aware during that season of who we were as, you know, individuals and it, it isolated, it made us isolate. But then even coming out of that, people didn't know how to reintroduce themselves into relationships or ones that weren't strong anymore and so it just highlighted this whole other part of their life that they didn't know even existed our culture has changed how we connect right and that's been ongoing for some time absolutely and so i think there are people that would not necessarily identify themselves as isolated or lonely Mm -hmm. but they're feeling the effects of it they think well i'm on social media and i've got five thousand friends on facebook And so you can, I think we've never been more connected, but never more socially isolated. And I think some of the technology and culture lends itself to isolated, but people don't know what to call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that one of the, uh, the benefits of COVID that we hadn't considered was how it changed our orientation around the church. So much of our perspective was of the church in a broad sense as a community mm. um, sending direction and attention towards the organization. What changed during COVID was the realization uh, that people are not coming to the building anymore. And so we need to get external now. And our focus needs to be in this direction towards yeah. reaching people. So like Dr. Chavers, you just said, calling 300 people and getting that into the regular rhythm and the practice of how we do church life now. It's not just enough to see people on a Sunday morning and expect that that is serving the church community well. Yeah. Now as a church family, as a, as a core staff, as admin support, as the core uh, community of, of the church, we know that our responsibility is not just to be receiving people, but also to be searching after people as well. In the same way that Jesus went after the one, we need to be going after people as well. And that fundamentally shifted, I think, for our whole team around COVID. I think you're absolutely right, because when I think about the idea and the concept of something like social isolation in particular, you know, loneliness and social isolation are very closely interconnected, but they have kind of their own unique dynamics as well. I think about so many of the things that you all do as a care team to connect with people where they are and to reach out to people who are are socially isolated and maybe by their physical health or by the circumstances of their life aren't able to get to the building or aren't able to regularly mm-hmm. make connection. You know, I always love during different seasons when we have communion, you all go out and take communion to people in their homes and then receive communion in those spaces and in those places with them. And I think how much that does to to begin to combat that feeling of, I mean, it could be days, it could be weeks before many people have inner 
interaction with another human. And even outside of communion, spending so much time going to visit individuals who aren't able to come and connect with other people or aren't able to be part of the, the many other things. And it's such a valuable part of, of what you offer to those church members who aren't able to be in connection and part of what we do to try and fight isolation. One of, one of the thoughts I was thinking, though, is I think loneliness is, is an interesting thing because you can have people around you and still be lonely, right? Mm -hmm, loneliness sure. is the internal feeling that, that my relationships don't have enough sticky to them or they don't have enough depth to them um, and therefore I don't feel connected enough to the people around me and I am therefore feeling lonely and I wondered if any of you can recall seasons or moments of your life where you felt very lonely whether social isolation was part of that or whether it was just the experience of going I don't know that I feel the connection that I long for with so many of the people I'm yeah. around right now something comes to my mind yeah I had a best friend was killed in a car accident Wow! the day after my birthday. And um, five people were killed in the same vehicle. Wow! And uh, my friend, best friend's mom was driving down I-75 and <clears throat> anyway, car flipped over, hit the guardrail, burst in flames, and I went to a funeral of five persons. Wow! Mom, the brother, and two other friends, family friends. So anyway, that was the very first time I knew that I knew that I knew that I felt something in my heart and in yeah. my life. It jarred me. Yeah. It jarred me. And so I loneliness, isolation, and then we were all a part of a campus ministry at Bowling Green State University. Yeah. So each one of us in that ministry was not a huge ministry, but it was solid. We all felt it differently because yeah. everybody knew that one lady. And uh, so I understand what it's like. Where it just feels empty. It just feels empty. And even though we're all experiencing it, sometimes it felt like we were out of reach. We couldn't touch each other. Mm. You didn't exactly know how deeply that cut yeah. me and hurt yeah. me and how I'm working through this and I'm struggling to be on even again. I'm struggling to smile. Yeah. I'm struggling to just hear the word and let the joy of the Lord be my strength again. Yeah. So that was, that was the very first time and there have been others since then, but that's the first major time in my life yeah. where I felt a jar or an, a realization that boy, things can be really different in terms of you know relationships yeah, and tough. that heart feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think about when you said you can be surrounded by people mm. and still feel lonely. Yeah. So if you've known me more than five minutes, <laughs> yeah. you know I just, I love people. Yes. And I'm always by people. But actually one of the most loneliest times was probably a little over a decade ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago, mm. where I was surrounded by so many people and going to so many events, invited to you know mm. different things. Yeah. I think God was just shifting some things in my life. But I was the loneliest. Mm. And I, I just remember sitting there going, mm. I don't actually feel connected. And when I wow. took a step back from the, and looked at what I was actually going through, it was because I didn't actually have meaningful relationships. I was surrounded by so many people yeah. and listening to so many different voices and just showing up to show up because I love people. But at the end of the day, I didn't have like meaningful connections. I didn't have people to go to, to walk through different seasons or struggles that I was going through. And that's when it really shifted for me. 
there was a scripture that I had leaned on back then out of Hebrews. I'm not going to know exactly where it is. It's somewhere in Hebrews, but it says something about like, may we consider thoughtfully one another and lean into good deeds together. And when I read that word thoughtfully, Mm -hmm. that means that it was intentional, Mm -hmm. that I need to be intentional about it, that I just can't surround myself and go into spaces that I need to thoughtfully consider those who are around me. And once I started leaning into that is really when things started to shift and shake and I started to find the people that one I needed and that they needed something from me as well. Cause you know, I think God has created us to be in community. He yeah. never intended us to be alone from the start. Mm-hmm. And once I shifted my mindset of, yeah, I'm an extrovert. Yes. People see me around people, but my driven is the relationships mm-hmm. I have and that I continue to create in so many different spaces. This is why I love life groups. I absolutely love life groups. And I'm not just saying that because I oversee it. <laughs> and because, I mean, just But it is convenient. I know, it is convenient. But I absolutely love them because I started getting into a life group during that season of loneliness. Mm-hmm. And right off of that season, I wasn't, I was fresh in the church. I was just getting mm-hmm. to know people. I knew probably one person in the whole church. And that helped so much in so many different areas. I don't have family nearby. So this became our family of people I can trust with my kids or people that I can trust in marriage advice and just bringing the questions that we had to the table. And that's, it's why I absolutely love them. And I am going to put a pitch in here that life groups are kicking off. (laughs) Yes, they are kicking off. Let me take this opportunity. opportunity. If you want to get into a life group, man, I will vouch for it every time and I will get anybody plugged in because I think there's so much value in it. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. It's a great way to get connected. If you know people in the church or you don't, you want to increase yeah. that circle and build meaningful relationships yeah. because that's really what it's and about. And it doesn't have to be creepy. Yeah. It's just, you come in together. I mean, some people have said, they're like, we don't know these people and we're about to do yeah. all of this. It organically comes. Mm-hmm. I think about my own life group and how it started mm-hmm. to where these ladies yeah. are at now and that they go out and get coffee together, that they're yeah. asking about advice ad- advice for one another, that they're helping watch each other's kids. And, you yeah. know, it's just, it's, it's so much better yeah. together. Well, I think you made a, and go ahead. They'll walk into a restaurant with people they don't know and sit down and, and eat next to somebody's table. Yeah. And that doesn't seem creepy. So this shouldn't either. <laughs> really, it's, it's you know, sure. you, right? everything else you do in life, you come across people that you don't know yet and you know, yeah. just step out and do it. It's what you do every day. Yeah. yeah. I thought you made an interesting point and um, uh, that thought about being thoughtful and intentional about the way we move in relationships. Mm. And I think that's part of what life groups provide us with is an opportunity to thoughtfully and intentionally go, hey, this is something that is valuable to add into my life. Mm -hmm. Because when we're younger, we kind of have building friends and making relationships built into our life, right? You go to school or maybe you're part of an activity or you're in college. And so you're kind of thrown into this environment with people. And as we get older, that becomes more and more challenging of going, where do I even find people or meet people? (laughs) Or like, you know, you feel like you're just, and especially if we're not highly extroverted like you are like you know I'm like I don't I don't do any of those introducing myself to random strangers oh I love that I know so somewhere like like the heart behind life groups is really right that people gather together around a meal talk together pray together 
And then that they organically meet each other and those relationships start building outside of that group as well. Absolutely. One group is not going to, that time slot in your life is not going to give you deep, meaningful relationships. But what we see happening time and time again, and what I love about life groups is that people come into that space and they have an incredible time together. And then a couple of people start going like, you know what? We really have a lot of like overlap or we really kind of connect here. And then they start building deeper relationship outside of that group space as well. And I think we sometimes hold ourselves back from the first step that could be the thing that really gets the ball rolling. We talk ourselves out of it or I don't know, we hype it up and go like, I don't know what's going to happen there. But if we'll just make that first intentional, thoughtful step, it gets to move us in that direction. I think that's a really, really great observation that you made um, kind of in that space. This might seem like a really obvious question. But I was thinking about, as we're talking about relationships, just the simple question of why do they matter? If I'm someone who goes, I don't have a lot of relationships in my life, why would we say that they're valuable? Why would we say this is something worth pursuing? Because to be honest, a lot of people are like, I don't know that I have a lot of great relationships in my life, but... I've got kids that I'm trying to raise, or I've got a career I'm trying to build, or I've got a degree I'm trying to finish. And I don't know if this is worth pursuing, adding to my goals list of making new friends this year. Why would you say to someone that it's worth them pursuing? Yeah, I I would say on a few reasons. One is that's how God has wired us to be. Yeah. You're not wired to do life alone. You go like for the like pastor answer, just like because that. God said so. <laughs> Boom! Because it's the right yeah, answer. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 so I think that you can certainly make a case where you know, which I hear people say all the time. As a pastor, I'm in these conversations all the time. Where yeah. people will say, um, "I don't have to go to church in order to be a Christian." Sure. Sure. But your Christian walk is going to be better and easier if you are yeah. connected with a life-giving faith community. In the same kind of way, I would say that having quality people around you is going to make the good times better and is going to make the hard times easier. Yeah. And so when you're surrounding yourself with people that you can grieve with and that you can celebrate with, yeah. that is where the substance and the joy of life comes from. Yeah. Like when that. we do in pastoral care, the number of times that we get contact from people, they want to talk through an issue, they're dealing with a problem. And I've noticed that the people that we talk to to help through with some of those issues, um, fewer of them, very few of them would say, I am actively engaged and connected to a life group. Mm -hmm. More of them when we say, are you in a life group? Well, I was in one, I don't really go often. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm in one, and then yeah. we talk to their life group leaders, and I haven't seen them in six months. <laughs> right, right, right. And so it, it makes a difference. Some yeah. of those things that they come to us for looking for help, a life group organically provides uh, the space for somebody to grow and mature yeah. and, and improve their lives. Yeah. So. You would reduce our workload. I think, you know what's really interesting? I remember a season of our life where I was, I think, feeling pretty lonely. A lot of my relationships had shifted. And I would say I was almost like in between two stages of relationships. It was not long after we'd been married and I was feeling very emotionally upheeled. And, and in that, I was saying, I think I need to start seeing a counselor. Like, I think something's going wrong. And I will say we are huge advocates for seeking professional counseling mm-hmm. and seeking professional help. We've done it together. I've done it by myself. Like, I think more people should do that. But in this particular instance, I think Phil, just with such wisdom, was like, you don't need a counselor for this. You need relationships mm-hmm. in your life. 
a lot of the stuff that you're talking about right yeah. now would be solved if you had better friends that you could just talk through some things with. And at the moment, I didn't want to hear it because I was very worked up and frustrated <laughs> and emotional. But it was, and I was so like, wise. Get out of here. <laughs> but it was so wise. And I think they were right. And I think that's similar to what you're saying. There are many things that many people should seek professional counseling yeah. for that will help us get to some really core things in our life. But I think there are so many things that if we just had better relationships in our life, we would talk through or we would find out, oh, you deal with this too? Okay, maybe it's not so wild in my life. Maybe it's just part of you know the time and chance that happens to us all. And that no, being known and being seen gives us so much more space as well. And I think that there's a, a great level of accountability that comes from that as well. Mm. You could just show up to church and think that you're doing community yeah. because you're mm. being pastored from a distance by by the two of us, people. right? Yeah. Exactly, because I'm shoulder to shoulder to, with people, because I'm worshiping, because I'm receiving a yeah. message that's being preached to me. I heard it phrased like this the other day, though, um, that when I'm preaching from the pulpit, I can't see the person on the back row if they have any broccoli in their teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I love that. But the person that can... Does everybody want to check your teeth? Is everyone right checking? Now? Like you're like... like... <laughs> Is he talking about I me hope right someone now? would have pointed that out already. <laughs> so I can't see that from the platform, but the person that can see it is the person that's sitting right next to you. That's it's so the good. proximity yeah. that is able to allow you to have accountability that mm -hmm. can bring greater growth in your life. Yeah. I can't hold everybody in the church accountable, yeah. but that's the, the point of groups and that's the point of getting together with people in community. Yeah. Well, it's that's not beautiful. one or the other. Most people gravitate towards mm -hmm. one or the other, mm -hmm. but it's more like concentric circles. You need the big group. You need right. times where yeah. you're in a larger gathering like we do on Sunday mornings typically. And then, you know, like Jesus was with the crowd and then he was with the 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There were times he needed a smaller core group, more like a life group. And then he, there were times that he got away with just three of his disciples. And so those closer friends, there were moments that he was with the one, the right. one disciple he was closest to. And other times he was completely alone and so being alone isn't bad. If that's all you have, it's out of balance. But sure. you need, in measured amounts, you need all of those different things to have a balanced life. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. I think that's you really said good. something too where you said that um, it, people think that they're the only ones going through it. Yeah. And I think that's what freezes people up sometimes. Mm -hmm. is, yeah. I need to keep this because nobody else can relate. I promise you yeah. there is other yes. people out there <laughs> mm -hmm. that have gone through something similar or have yeah. wise advice for you and counsel yes. that can help out every single time. I've seen it I mean, through phone calls that I think I've passed to both of you or that mm -hmm. I've had on my own just of people coming going, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. And being able to connect them because we know somebody else that went through something similar, whether they had just lost their husband and now they're in a, a whole grieving stage yeah. and they just don't know what to do, so they isolated themselves. How did they get yeah. back out there? And we've created different ministries and ways for these individuals to get together. Yeah. And we're seeing the fruit of that. Now they're not isolated, they're getting out, they're enjoying life, they're seeing mm -hmm. the fruit of what it is to be able to let those emotions out. Because mm -hmm. when you bottle it in, that's when danger comes. That's yeah. when the enemy can start to creep in in your thoughts. And, you know, it's it's really good to have solid relationships you can continue to go to. Yeah. So that relationships, you know, what you're sharing reminds me that when you speak to, you have someone that you can speak the truth in love to, someone that can challenge you, someone that can encourage you in a, inside of a relationship. 
uh, someone that can provide a broader perspective than mm -hmm. what's going on in your own head yeah. Yeah. about things. Um, uh, it's, there's a sense of safety and even Absolutely. belonging, that's been said quite a few times, within relationships. Yeah. Those are just you know, a few of the benefits, but it's, it's, it, it definitely beats being a hermit, being yeah. isolated, being by yourself when God intended. But then what about like battling through social media and stuff right now as well? You know, like not being a hermit, but people feel connected on the other mm. side of that screen. Yeah. But then when they actually get out, you're mm -hmm. still alone. And yeah. I mean, I don't have an answer to that. That's just kind of a question that yeah. I don't even know if I'm allowed to ask. But I mean, what yeah. do you... <laughs> I think social... I'm like, hold on, like a great question. Whoa, no. There goes our shooting schedule. <laughs> um, social media, I think, rewires our brains about how to connect because it's a different kind of connection yeah. than what we're talking about. Right. Social media tends to polarize people and it's about getting clicks and likes, getting noticed. And so people tend to take extreme positions to try to get noticed mm -hmm. rather than having a conversation to understand someone. Yeah. And so it's a very different thing and you can't relate to people one-on-one, -on -one. you can't have friendships and connection in a community of believers like you would on social media. Yeah. And so turning that off and limiting exposure mm -hmm. to that really makes it easier to have healthy relationships. Um, you know, there are young people that don't know how to have conversations because all Absolutely. they've done, yeah. they've grown up with Strength. nothing but screen time. Well, well I think I had themselves. Yeah. yeah, I've had an interesting experience over the last little bit. We have some friends who have gone off of social media who are kind of in our age bracket. And as a couple, they decide, you know, we just don't want to be on social media anymore. And, and then we none of it. Not just like no, yeah, they're on account. nothing. They, they like went have cold no, turkey. <laughs> no digital profile yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so what's been interesting though is like we caught up with them. They live out of state, so it'd been a few months, and we caught up with them. And I realized how much I depend on social mm -hmm. media mm -hmm. to give me information about people in my life over getting that information mm -hmm. from them. Because mm -hmm. and or or sharing that information yeah. uh, like of myself with them as well because they were asking about different things and I was like well yeah you don't know that we're doing that and they were like no why would I know that and I was like well because everybody else knows it because it's on social media I posted about it. Mm -hmm. right yeah. but that's a very false form of connection because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was shallow. like these are yeah these are actually people that I really care about in my life that don't know that I haven't taken the time to share with something really meaningful yeah. that's happening in my life because I assume that people know certain things. And I think that feeling of needing to be seen and needing to yeah. be known, I think we get seen on social media, but we're not really known. Right. And I think those are really key components of being in relationship with people, yeah. of do they really know who you are though, mm -hmm. as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could also, it's like a highlight reel too. Totally. That's all that is. I mean, I'm not putting my deep, you know, thoughts Absolutely. and feelings yeah, on right. social media too. So it's very superficial. Or your frustrations. Or my frustration. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We're yeah. not doing that. We're doing that. I mean, I am not putting that my seven-year-old is throwing a tantrum in the <laughs> middle of, you know, the daycare at, you know, on social media. What is I'm, that what happened today? Um, <laughs> it was the other day. But uh, I'm not putting that out right. there. What I'm putting is the good things and the yeah. things that I want people to see. Yeah. But then that creates this false image on the yeah. other side of it. And there's some wisdom in that as well, yeah. right? Because you because you want to guard your kids. Of course. Mm -hmm. But finding the space of going like this this is my highlight reel yeah. and knowing that. Mm -hmm. 
And I think also knowing how we utilize it. There are positive aspects of the ways that we can promote messages mm -hmm. and the way that we can stay connected to people that come with social media and certainly with broader technology. Yeah. I think about for us having like family across the seas, um, you know, in different country, in a different country now, um, the ability to do things like FaceTime with them or to share videos or to share messages and stay connected in that is really valuable. What I think becomes kind of the, the caution point is how are we, how are we utilizing it and is it becoming a replacement mm -hmm. for in-person, genuine, deep connection yeah. and relationship with people as yeah. well? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I do think that extroverts and introverts experience loneliness in different kind of ways because yeah. I'm happy to be with 50 different people for two minutes at a time mm -hmm. and then that fills my day but like you said I'm being seen I'm yeah. just not being known during that time and so yeah. I think about a time now where I I realized that I was incredibly lonely it was a time when I was at college and I'm extroverted and so I'm buzzing around campus yeah. and I'm sitting next to people in, in classrooms and in you know, all these different spaces that I see a by themselves because it's my duty I've taken upon myself <laughs> to make sure that no one is ever by themselves because I'm an extrovert and I never, that's the worst thing that can ever happen to an extrovert is that you're by yourself and I, so I don't want you know, people to experience that. So I realize everybody knows me on campus yeah. or at least everybody sees me on campus yeah. but no one knows me. Wow. And so I see people now creating these deep bonds and these deep levels of relationship. I know everyone's name. I know what they're studying. I can wave to everybody and shake hands all over the place, yeah. but I don't know people and they don't know me. And I realized that I had this deep frustration because I was craving deep relationship right. and I was venting to my pastor at the time. And I said, I'm just, I'm so frustrated that there's no like quality Christian guys for me to do deep relationship with me. And he convicted me when he said, well then make some. Wow. As, as a leader, it is our responsibility to be helping build and grow people, mm -hmm. not just to be frustrated that I can't find these kinds of people around me, but I have the responsibility. And so I've taken that now um, all the way through the years, yeah. right? So now I don't get frustrated that people are not initiating uh, conversations with me or that people are not initiating opportunities to connect and relationships with me. As a leader, I think that we initiate with other people. Yeah. At the core of it, I think that's what leaders are doing is initiating with other people, not just waiting for other people to initiate things with us. Yeah. I think two questions that I have that have been posed to me that that kind of hit on that, right? Are you just uh, do you just have people around you or do you have true relationships? Are do you have people that you or a person that you would go to to where you feel safe to share a negative thing that's happening in your life, sure. a, a hurtful, a painful thing. And do you have someone that you go to when you want to celebrate something that you genuinely feel like would be happy for you, would be celebrating that thing with you as well? And when you really sit back and evaluate it, you go, man, that pool is actually quite small. Mm -hmm. of someone who you really would go, this incredible thing just happened for me, yeah. and I know that this person is gonna celebrate for me just for the sake of it in the same way. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we think about the other maybe a little bit more, at least I do, um, of you know, like where would I feel safe to share trouble with people, but also where do I feel safe to share celebration and rejoicing yeah, Like we people. just paid off our house, who do we wanna who, tell? That's who also gonna think? go, yes. Exactly. You and just got a promotion? 
awesome. and celebrate with me, not be jealous of yeah, me, not yeah. bring comparison, but just genuinely and uniquely celebrate yeah, that, moment. that moment with you. I think it's healthy if that's a relatively small group. The yeah, more yeah. the more personal and intimate those details are to your life, yeah. the it's fewer people you expect. need to share. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to share it. And, and social media wants you to share it with everybody. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And that's not always healthy, but yeah. to have people that you can connect with on a heart level in those moments, especially the negative things, yeah, um, it's so important and to know it's safe here. Yeah, I can tell you something that's negative, that's personal, uh, something I'm struggling with, and know that that's not gonna be broadcast to the world. So how do you think that we build those types of relationships? What are the things that, um, you know, the components that would create a relationship that has that kind of um, connectivity and depth and meaning and really trust in it? I think it's a slow to connect. Mm. You, you don't want to put all of that trust in someone that's mm -hmm. not proven, sure. that you don't know, that you haven't built some history with you you work up to some of those things and it's um, but it goes the other way in you providing that sounding board for them as well yeah um, I would be hesitant to share things with that went well beyond that person's ability to trust me with those things mm -hmm. um, you know there's a reason if they only want to hear my deepest darkest secrets but never share theirs that's a warning sign. That's a warning sign. Yeah, but but it, it does take the connection. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. But you, it requires contact. Yeah. You have to not just be passing each other. You have to, at some point, have a little bit of a collision mm -hmm. to sharpen one another. Yeah, yeah. And so one, you have to have those moments. One of the things I'm thankful for is I feel rich with relationships, just like you just described, yeah. and they're not just here in. Northwest Ohio, mm -hmm. they're, they're all around. Yesterday I had a conversation with a fr my best friend from first grade. Mm. Wow. It was her birthday. So we always, we have been doing this for however long. Careful, I was gonna say you're yeah. gonna age yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 64, she's 64. <laughs> so since we were six years old. Wow. Every year without fail. Mm, beautiful. And then we catch up on life. But it takes time. I've got, my, one of my closest friends in the world is from Bangalore, South India. And we keep contact. Each evening, good night, love you. But we know the backstory. Yeah. She yeah. lost her husband. She lost her daughter, was murdered. We, we, in hard times, in great times, communication. You know. I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit more because I was specifically actually thinking about you in that I think that you are so gifted at staying deeply connected to people even when they're not like in their, in your immediate sphere. Mm. I, I run into people all the time mm. who are like, yeah, I know Dr. Havers, we've been friends mm. for, I was at an event two weeks ago. I ran Sunesh. into a lady, yes. <laughs> Life chef. I ran into Sunesh <laughs> and I go and I chat with her and she's like, yeah, I know who you are. I know Doc Chavers. I and it's she was like eight we, in Jamaica. In yeah. Her heart, right? And you still <laughs> know her. That. And you yeah. and not just like, yeah. oh, that's someone. Oh, like, I have lots of people that I'm like, I've met you. Yeah. But you know yeah. people. How do you stay connected to people? We decide like at some point that you're valuable to me. Wow. <clears throat> and I'm valuable. It's exchange, it's mutual. Yeah. Reciprocity, respect. Honor, I know family mm -hmm. well. They're on the island. They know my family well. Wow. We just, we, we so into each other's lives and we have made up our minds. I don't even know that we've made a promise. Yeah. I'm keeping track of you. Mm. She's now Dr. Sue Nash. I met her when yeah. she was eight. You know, her brother, Trevor, just got his doctorate degree two 
weeks ago. I'm online on Zoom watching him in Texas go through his dissertation defense. Because when, he was six when I met him. He's 40 years old, has two kids now, right? Yeah. You just pick up your mind about people. Sometimes I go to a, an event or a place and I'll see someone and I think, after maybe watching a few, just paying attention to people, there's something about them I think, I like that. And I want to be connected, so I introduce. And then let's see where this goes. But you make up your mind about it. You communicate. You're very intentional. You make creative space to do something. Mm-hmm. And, and you just cultivate it. You just nurture it. Yeah. You feed it. Yeah. Do you think that that is a, like a Holy Spirit thing? That, that that's a person that I want to be connected to? That I, knowing? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. You know, because you, you, you're in contact with a lot of people all the time in different settings. So you can't pay attention to everybody, but somehow I think there's a Holy Ghost highlight. Yeah, yeah. And I just, and just, you listen to conversations, you listen to people's regard for others, mm. and you think, man, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I'd love to be sharpened by this person. I really believe I have something in me that will sharpen. Yeah. And, and God creates a, a door, an opportunity, a conversation. There are the only ones in the kitchen, and here we are talking. There are the only ones by this water fountain. Here's a conversation. Yeah. And there's, there, you know, and we got just there's a setup by the Holy Ghost after the highlight, yeah. and it's just it's up to courage. You know, you have courage within yourself. Yeah. Show yourself friendly. Just approach and ask. And if it doesn't happen all the time, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But you still, God doesn't slow me down now one bit. Yeah. I, I love that because I think that yeah. you have to to be successful in it. You have to be willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. And I, I walk into rooms sometimes where there might be five or six people in the room, and everybody yeah. is on their phone, and mm-hmm. no one's talking to each yes. other. You might be engaging with people mm-hmm. on this thing, but you're not talking to the fellow people that you have in the room with you. Whether you're at a function, party, mm-hmm. bus stop, <laughs> or whatever. And so I think you have to be willing to take a risk. And that can be so difficult when you've been hurt before. Yeah. When somebody hurt me in the past, whether it was a spouse or a, a sibling or a friend or whomever that may be, someone hurt me. And so I don't want to open myself up and I don't mm. want to make myself vulnerable to enter into that again. At the end of the day, that's what God created us for. And we have to stay people who are soft on the inside and on the outside to yeah. be able to connect with people. And even if that's not your reality, if you don't struggle with that, the reality is you're probably a connector. And so I, I look at each of you and I think that yeah. we're connectors to different levels where part of our responsibility is to connect people to people. Mm-hmm. And we have that responsibility. People, I think, are all over the, the country, all over the world are connectors to different levels where your purpose, your assignment is to be a network and think, well, I've just met this person. They would really go well with this person over here or this person's life would be better if they met this person over here. Yeah. Connecting, that's the responsibility that we have, I think, within the churches to be thinking, how, we, how can we connect people to people yeah and because I like that thought of like what's your purpose right we make I think so much of purpose Mm. like it's this grand big thing but I think asking the question of in this moment what's my purpose because often a purpose in a relationship is oh God's sending me this person to be in their corner for something Mm -hmm. or sometimes it's oh God's bringing this person into my world because three weeks from now I'm gonna meet somebody that I'm supposed to connect Mm. them to and that's my my purpose in being there, my purpose in being in that moment or my purpose in that connection or in that relationship is God is sending me into that space for a purpose because I'm going to be able to speak courage into this person or because I, I'm part of that story and that's part of my purpose and that value in those relationships. Yeah. 
What would you say to someone who is feeling lonely in this season or is feeling maybe isolated in this season and doesn't feel well equipped to build relationships? What you both described, I think, is really critical of taking that step of going after people. But a lot of us don't feel like we have the skill set or the, you know, the, the fortitude or the experience. Like you're going that, I'm imagining someone listening right now, watching, being part of this and going, that's a nice idea. <laughs> but I am not walking into a room and just walking up to somebody. I don't care if a spotlight shines on them. <laughs> right. You know, what would you say to someone who wants to be in a different place relationally than where they are, but it feels like a big step for them? I would, I would say really quickly, um, I get it yeah. because we've all been there before. Yeah. And so I have empathy for that person in that situation, in this moment and in this season. I understand what that's like. Yeah. I would say as well that in a broader sense, we are all um, struggling with that at different times. You might look at someone over there on the other side of the room or the mm -hmm. other side of the office or the other side of your neighborhood or whatever and feel intimidated with that person has everything together, like we were saying yeah. with comparison and all of that. And so I can't go introduce myself to them because my kids always mess up and they, their kids don't or their yard always looks nice and my yard never does or whatever that is, right? So we're yes. intimidated by other people I think at the at the core of it, everybody's intimidated of everyone to a degree. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. stranger yeah. is just a, a, a relationship that we haven't met yet. Yeah, I think it's taking that that first step. I mean, I I get that some people are just like, I'm not I'm not doing it. For you can always come to me. I'll connect you to somebody. <laughs> yeah. I promise you. In that. fact, don't come Fine, to Tracy. you unless you want to be connected. Unless you want to be connected. Yeah. But on a real yes. level, I mean, kind of going off what you said that you put yourself out there. There's this stigma I remember going through high school or different areas yeah. where they were like, well, or in dating, you know, if somebody's waiting for that first yeah. one to call sure. you or they haven't called me in two days, so I'm not gonna call them. Yeah. I say go for it. I say, because that is how some of my friendships have started, yeah. were just somebody being intentional or somebody going after mm -hmm. me who wasn't even on my radar, mm -hmm. who said, yeah. you have something that I think I need and yeah. I can bring value to you as well. And it was just the persistence of that, of saying, you know what, I haven't seen this person or talked to that person and letting the Holy Spirit really yeah. guide you in those conversations yeah. or in those relationships. If somebody pops into my mind, I call or text them. Yeah, yeah it's that's there. so good. It's, and I think really so often is. that's the Holy Spirit that's doing yes. that. Yes. Don't let someone drop into your spirit, into yeah. your mind, and good. do nothing that's about good. that. That's and so I know good. that you do this as well, Dr. So Jeffers, that you think of someone and you contact yeah. them. Yeah. I think that's a wasted opportunity of the Holy Spirit speaking mm -hmm. to you. You're not being a good steward of the voice of the Holy Spirit if you're not doing something mm -hmm. with yeah. it in that moment. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a connection that can happen there. And it's just that first step. I think going to God first, I know yeah. that it sounds cliche, <laughs> but it is the thing to do of just saying, God, who is it that I need to have in my life? Yeah. Who yeah. are the relationships that you have around me? And when God highlights that, yeah. to to be bold. Do yeah. it afraid. Do yeah. it afraid yes. every single time. Do it anyway. Do yeah. it shaky. Yeah. Do it unsteady oh, and yeah. watch what happens. And yeah. it is. It takes time. Yeah. It's not going to be overnight that you're going to be best friends with somebody. I don't have somebody that I grew up with at four years old, but yeah. let me tell you the seasons <laughs> of my life <laughs> that I needed <laughs> it. Yeah. Somebody, God highlighted it. And it's changed over time, my relationships from season to yes. season. Yes. And 
it's because God knew what I needed in those times. When you become a parent, it changes mm. yeah. what you need around you versus when mm-hmm. I was single and mm. unmarried. And it Absolutely. shifts. It Can shifts. you talk about that? Like about moving <coughs> through relationships in different seasons of life or how mm. your relationships have looked in different seasons of life? Because I see a lot of people, um, your relationships shift, but then they're not sure how to reinitiate or what to do with. Mm. I knew what to do with relationships in this season of my life, but it's almost like relearning the whole thing. What do I do with relationships now? I would say don't don't ever focus solely on one season and one moment. Wow. You're a bigger person than that. Life is more than that. Wow. When you're parenting, if so much of your time and energy is only your children, for example, yeah. and mom and dad as a couple, as a married couple, aren't staying connected, then when the kids are gone, you're looking across the room at somebody you don't know. Wow. And so you you need, um, in any season of life, to be ministering to yourself and to others who are in different seasons. Um, If you're, even scripture says that the older ladies should be an encouragement to the younger ladies, helping them learn what does it mean to be a godly wife and a godly mother in the earlier stages of life. Uh, men should be doing that for each other. And so connect beyond your immediate season and be mindful of that. This season's going to end. Mm. And I want to already be stepping into or having like a toe in the water in another season so that it's not such an abrupt shift and change. Yeah, I think that's really great. Some relationships take a recess. Mm -hmm. You know, there there are some, and I I see faces in my own mind, I'm from high school. It just faded. Yeah. And sometimes <clears throat> I ask myself, what did I, did I say something? Did I do something? Mm-hmm. It just fades. Mm-hmm. And then it picks up at the oddest yeah. time. Interesting. I don't, and I don't, did not initiate the pickup. Conversation continues. You know, the questions continue. The, 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 it's, it's solid. It's healthy. Yeah. But it, that's mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> it is. That's weird. <laughs> but yeah. It, it is weird. But it happens. It just happens. Mm-hmm. It's so, the, it's an interesting phrase, the rhythm yeah, yeah. of relationships. Yeah. Somebody Tend should write a book. Somebody should write a book about the rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they, yeah, the ebb She and did flow. write a book about it, by the way. <laughs> ebb and flow. <laughs> if you don't know. And it's, thank you. Yeah, shameless. <laughs> shameless. But it, it, it's so true. <clears throat> and just to be sensitive to the Spirit of God still mm-hmm. yeah. about the rhythm and how you respond to it mm-hmm. and how not to ignore it and you know what to ignore and what not to ignore. How do you feed it? How do you cultivate it at different seasons? I think in each season, too, there will be always, at least for me, there has always been this unsteadiness or this shakiness when you try to Mm. put yourself out there again to a whole new dynamic of people. Like when you're shifting in different seasons, there is a recess that takes Mm -hmm. place in some some settings. And I've seen that, I like how you said that, it takes a recess because I've seen so many come back now that go, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm now in the same season Mm -hmm. as you and I have some some questions. And now you're able to to reintroduce that or fan that flame again in that relationship. You see some chide them? What were you? I needed you in 
let that go. Huh. They're right. back. Yeah. 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 Just nurture it. I think that the unsteadiness in each season is needed, though, because it, it mm-hmm. just shows that each mm-hmm. one of us are in need of people, that it shows that we're all unshaky at some point, mm-hmm. like you were mentioning mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still this reservation because either we were hurt in one season mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something was happening, and it lets us remember who God is yes. every single time. Yes. That you are my source, <laughs> that you are going to provide the things I need, but you have made me for community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God, I need you to reveal right now what is it that somebody else needs that mm-hmm. I can add mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and who is it that I can that I need mm-hmm. from somebody else it's beautiful yeah. it's the That's providence really of God that he would mm-hmm. give us exactly what we need when we need it yeah yeah right and so he is going to bring along the relationship that you need when you need it whether you had it before mm-hmm. and it took a recess and wow. it's just being resurrected yet again I think about how if Meredith and I had met five years mm-hmm. beforehand, yeah. before we actually did, we would not be sitting here right now because we would not have been the right people for each other. But the providence totally. of God knew who I needed and he knew that I couldn't meet her before the due time yeah. for Very us good. to meet as well. The providence yeah. of God says that I will give you exactly what you need when you need it. And that's what yeah. we're believing over this church. That's what Absolutely. we're believing over our church family, that you would have hmm. everything that you need when you need it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think in relationships specifically, right, that you would have the relationships that you need Absolutely. in the season that you need them, in the moment that you need them. And I don't want to gloss over the fact that there is a divine aspect to what happens to ask the holy spirit how are you leading me in this season who are you connecting me to and to ask i know there have been seasons in my life where i've gone okay god i need new relationships in this season who are you bringing into my life and how are you bringing those people into my life and then to be on on the the lookout for those people and be willing to take those steps, like we've said, right, of going, okay, now I'm going to go after it. If I've asked God for this mm-hmm. thing, then I have to be willing to step out in that space as well. Yeah, yes. I remember that there was a series we did, but I know it was off of a movie too, or just a funny line where it says, you can't sit with me, or you yeah, can't yeah, sit yeah. with us, and yeah, we yeah. did that series mm-hmm. of spin. But absolutely, mm-hmm. that's yes. still true for today, and it will always be that. Yep. Make space. Yeah. Make space and say, you can sit with me. You can mm. sit with us. Mm. And Absolutely. see how that begins to flourish yeah. mm. when you open up room, when you yep. create space at your table. Absolutely. All right, as we wrap this up, what would be one of your favorite tips <laughs> for relationships or one of your favorite thoughts that you want to leave people with in terms of how to have good, meaningful relationships in your life? Phil, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so I would say the same thing that was said to me all those years ago. If you are frustrated that people are not coming to you, go to them. Yeah. Take the onus and take the initiative and take the responsibility to go and find people and to go and make the types of friends that you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. I would say make it fun. <laughs> Keep it fun. It's great. Because we can get so wound up in the seriousness of trying to make a relationship that we forget the fun in it. Yes. Like go out kayaking, go axe throwing, go golfing, go do the things that you would do on your everyday lives. Yes. And make it fun because you'll find that commonness. When you start taking fun out of it, it becomes just a task. I think that's really, really good advice because I think I am the person who was like, um, I want deep 
deep, meaningful relationships. And so I was always trying to force like mm -hmm. deep meaning into yeah. my relationships. And I wasn't adding, <laughs> I think you said to me one time, you don't have just, you're not putting the right stuff like in the river of your relationships. Because mm -hmm. I, I was just always trying to get to like the depth and yeah. missing just the fun that often builds the environment yeah. to get to some of those deep It disarms people. It, yeah. yeah. And allows well, you, for the depth. And it creates trust and it creates mm, the, exactly. you know, the continuity of that relationship that's required to get to some of the more heart topics that we've talked yeah. about earlier. You can't force those moments to happen. 100%. But by being in, by in proximity. By golly, I was going to. Then it, then it does. <laughs> it happens naturally. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm fight, oh, fall, yeah. falling out of a kayak. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a much more effective way. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead, Dr. Chambers. So relationships are so different. Mm. But I, I, here's a, I want to give a verse. Just say Malachi 3 and 16. And it yeah. says something like this. It says that God pays attention to, he takes heed to the relationships and the often communic the, the communication that we have often with one another who honor him and who hold him in high esteem. Yeah. And he, he writes a book of remembrance about that for them. Wow. Malachi. So it, my point is... Relationships not just matter to us, but it matters to him. Yeah. And especially if he's kept center, even in an ungodly relationship, he'll show you how to do that. He's kept central, a, a center part in relationships. We honor him in them. Yeah. So good. I think to me, one of the big things is remembering that those relationships are a two-way street. Hmm. And often people have a need and they want their need met. I need somebody to hear me. So they want to make a new friend, sit down with them for the first time, and all they do is talk and pour out their soul for an hour, and the other person, all they do is just nod <laughs> yeah. wide-eyed, like, what did I get myself into? And You're so, like, could you ask a question yeah. back the other way? Um, was it uh, Billy Graham that said, God gave you one mouth and two ears yeah. for right. a reason? Yeah. And Such so being quote. willing to have a, a give and take yeah. in that um, and not relying on the other person solely to be your sounding board. Yeah, yeah, I love that. One of the things that I've found really helpful in relationships is creating consistency and like a regular um, time or a regular set, like in a very practical way of like, I see this person on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. When I look at some of the relationships that have um, become really meaningful in my life, they have a regularity to them. And also when I think about relationships that have survived tough seasons or even have survived conflict, mm -hmm. there's some level of commitment to a regular, and sometimes those times are really, really fun, and sometimes they're really actually mundane. Yeah. And sometimes they get to some of those real heart things, but that mm -hmm. regular consistency has created a space where where I think in small bites, those relationships have been able to grow and have been able to develop in, in some really meaningful ways. That's great. Really good.